Hello, and welcome back to Developing Developers. If you are joining me for the first time, I'm Allie Doherty, and I'm on a mission to help develop future real estate developers, including myself. Sometimes it's hard to ask the questions that feel silly or even risky. So that is what I'm here to do for you and hopefully encourage you to do the same. I'm excited today to get to jump into the topic of civil engineering, which if you don't know, is quite literally the foundation of a development project. Jennifer LaPointe from the Kleingers Group is with me today to talk about her experience as a civil engineer and her role in the development process. Thanks for joining me today, Jennifer. Sure. Thanks for having me. So I want to know what your experience in commercial real estate and with civil engineering is. Sure. So I've been a civil engineer for about 25 years, and I've been working in the commercial real estate industry for all of those as well as on top of other industries. So um, civil engineering can cross many things, not just commercial real estate. So work in residential, industrial, um, commercial real estate, retail, healthcare, schools, um, all kinds of things like that. But commercial real estate is definitely a big component of what what we do. Yeah, that's, um, I know civil engineering is, like I said before, just the foundation of a development project. And um, it's definitely one of the most important things. Um, how long have you been involved I know you mentioned 25 years, so I just answered my question, um, specifically with your company, and then how did you get here? Sure. That's a good question. So I'm working more in the business development side these days, but I started as a civil engineer, and I kind of moved through the project management role um, from the civil engineering perspective, but I have transitioned more into business development and a group leader. So I have a team of staff that really works on project to project together. Um, how did I get here? It's a good question because I don't really know. <laughs> um, I, I honestly, I think in in high school, you know, I didn't I didn't have a path, and someone said, "You're great at math and science. Why not engineering?" So I researched what engineering was <laughs> and um, all the different kinds, and I had a little bit of interest in environmental at that time in high school, and civil was kind of an umbrella. So. I went to college. I went to UD for civil engineering, and I it stuck. Um, but I quickly learned after doing a lot of the technical things that I really liked the people aspect and the project management side. So I did transition into that kind of role. But there are two paths. You can stay technical and become a senior technical professional or move generally towards project management or business development if that's your forte. And so that's kind of where I sit now. I think it's crazy how, you know, one person, your teacher told you, you know, one thing to set you on your path and here you are. Um, it's the power of words. It's exactly. Cool. Um, so what exactly is civil engineering? It's a good question. <laughs> um, I I actually get that asked more than more than you think. So civil engineering is everything outside the building. So when people think of a development project, usually our role starts at five feet outside the building. That's like an archaic rule, but it's kind of true. And the reason is because the architect handles the building, so the walls and everything inside, and then everybody on the architect te architect's team tends to they take everything to five feet outside the building. So that could be the sidewalk. That could be utilities that are underground that you don't see. And from that point, about five feet outside the envelope of the building is where the civil engineer starts. So everything you see and don't see, that's what we do. So it's it's the pavement. It's the driveways. It's the parking lot. It is the utilities, a lot of things underground that we all don't see and that we just kind of take for granted, which is a good thing because if there's not issues, you shouldn't know. Um, stormwater is a big aspect of what we do. So um, 
collecting the rainwater and and making sure that gets to the right place. The grading and elevation, meaning, you know, the slope of the driveways. Um, a lot of times around here in, in central Ohio, everything's pretty flat, but we also have an office in Louisville. And, you know, our team's looking at a site in Louisville where there's tons of change of elevation across one site, which is totally different than working in the Columbus area. So basically a good rule of thumb is just everything that's outside the building. We are not an architect. Um, I get that question even from my husband (laughs) who has no idea what I do, Um, but that's okay. So, but we work very closely with the architect's team. So. Okay. So when you complete the civil engineering aspect, do you hand it over to the architect Do you hand it over to the developer? Who's like the next in line? Sure. Great question. That varies. Um, Very wishy-washy answer, but it's true. We can be our client. So who we, um, I guess, report to or who is our client on the project can vary pretty greatly. But generally, we're working hand-in-hand with the architect on their same process and timeline. The plans then would get turned over. I mean, it depends on who the client is on that project, but we generally would submit them then to the city for permitting, just like an architect submits their plans for building permits. We have civil site permits. It's a different staff, different review staff at the city or state or whatever. Um, But generally, we submit for permit just like an architect. So we develop the plans hand in hand with the team, and it's important that we know, you know, where the utilities are, where their doors are, and what they're planning, and then we generally around about the same path. A lot of times the civil tends to be earlier in the process than the architect because unfortunately our permitting time frame tends to be the critical path. Um, and that can that's okay, but it also can cause issues because we've designed things and then doors are moving and the building's not set yet. So um, sometimes we are in earlier. Um, and with that, it sounds like, you know, you're in communication with a lot of other people involved in the process. Uh, who is it important for you to be in communication with throughout your process of civil engineering and then uh, throughout possibly in like a network setting? Who would you want to be seeking out? Who would be seeking out you? And then uh, once you do have those connections, who are you in contact with throughout the process? And um how do you get new clients per se? If that's does sure. that make sense? That yeah. Question? <laughs> yeah, great question. I think networking is the key to almost everything we do in this industry. And so it's a really good question. And for us, I think we, um, as a civil engineer, we can have so many client bases and it's it's growing. So, um, you know, there's there was a time where generally architects were our main clients because architect can hold the civil engineering contract. So if a developer um, comes to an architect and they want them to hire the whole team, they can. But a lot of times that we have developers that hire their civil and the architect separately. And then there's design-build situations where the contractor um, could be anyone that holds a design-build contract, holds the contract with the architect and the civil. So our clientele, I guess, first question as far as networking for me, um, it's not only about who the clients are, but who can connect you, right? So having good contacts in all aspects of the industry are super important. Um, I, we talk to brokers a lot of times just because I know that's where you're sitting um, because they're good connectors. And they could be helpful to us to introduce us to new clients, which would generally be more of a developer and let us know who's looking at what sites. But we can also be helpful to brokers as helping them advise their client on what site may or may not be a great fit for that use. So I think there's a give and take there with the broker civil. Um, That's just one example. But the architect, so when I'm out um, networking and meeting clients, it could be any of those folks. Um, It's also important for us to be connected to the design team, such as the MEP. 
they would never be a client. Almost never. It, it could happen when they they're lead on a project. It depends, um, but generally not. And then, but it's good for us to have that connection because we work together on the design, and we need to be able to trust each other, even though we're, we might not be each other's clients. So, it's a pretty big gamut of folks. And and then I, I guess I'd throw in the cities too because it's important for our staff um, when they're dealing technically to have good relationships with all these cities because the client, the developer the architect, whoever it might be, rely on us to get the permits done fast and to not have tons of comments and to know what they want. So um, it's a pretty big, um, you know, bucket as far as who we talk to and connect with. Um, I think it's important. Again, there's just different reasons. Um, but, you know, like you're, you're learning, networking is so important just for connection, even if it may not be a, a client. Mm-hmm. I know um, we had met at a NAOP event, mm-hmm. I think, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we are. So there you go. It doesn't always, you know, just exactly brings you more than you think. Um, no, I think, yeah, networking is really important. And I, I always have been kind of confused with who am I supposed to seek out and and I know I shouldn't necessarily just be seeking to gain something. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's good to know, you know, you kind of can help others. They can help you and how you just got to ask the question of how can I help you and those kinds of things. So I think that's super helpful. Exactly. And one thing I want to, is you, you hit the nail on the head is, is kind of what it's a give and take, right? Mm-hmm. So you find that you want to connect with people or meet them for coffee. And generally everyone's pretty open. Um, but there are times when they're like, you yeah, know, I'm good. <laughs> and um, you that's understandable, too. People are busy, right? We're all running a million directions. But what can you do to help that person? And a lot of times, even if you can in your invite include, hey, I'd like to see if we can help you do this. It's kind of that go-giver mentality. And that just seems to be coming up. It's, it's funny, the last couple of years for me, it's been coming up quite a bit. It's just a give and eventually, you know, the universe will return kind of thing. So I think that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, so as a woman, uh, I know it's honestly not popular to be a woman in the commercial real estate world um, or civil engineering, possibly. So what has been your biz- biggest obstacle? What have you learned along the way? Um, what would you just want to share about being a woman in this industry? I think that's a really good question, too. So civil engineering, for sure. I think you're totally right in commercial real estate, but civil engineering, it's definitely different now, but I'm old. And when I graduated, um, I've had a couple different experiences I'd like to share. So when I graduated, I was kind of a unicorn because there were two women in my graduating class, and uh, I had a lot of job opportunities. Again, long time ago, but it was people looking to fill mm-hmm. a check mark, um, which actually bothered me. Instead of feeling like I had all these opportunities, it was um, so that's how my career started. It's like, oh, I'm checking a, a box, you know, because I'm a woman. They probably don't have any other women in their in their firm, and I'm getting all these opportunities. But I could just feel like now it wasn't like I didn't I didn't think I was prepared or or suitable. It just was annoying to me. So that's kind of how it started. Now that's changed quite a bit, but still, I mean, I think there's three women in my in our office in Columbus of 25. Um, I need I should figure out the percentage um, corporately, but it's still a small percentage. Um, but I've been really lucky to be honest. Most roles that I've been in, in firms that I've been have been very supportive, and there's not been any any weirdness or or discrimination or bias or anything like that. But I think in the industry there is. Um, I think we all have personal biases. We you know we just have to recognize them. And one thing I think looking back, what I would suggest is 
making sure your role is um, evident when you walk in the room. When you're introducing yourself, don't don't be be confident, but not overconfident. You know, have some humility, but make it clear when you enter the room what your role is in the room. I think I've um, tended to when I look back, maybe be quiet and just say, yeah, I'm with Kleinger's, you know, but no, I'm, you know, I'm the project lead or you're the, you know, um, associate, whatever, whatever, but just say your role. I think people walk into a room and um, it could be age, it could be gender. They they look around the room and have a bias. And I think if everyone just introduces themselves very clearly, your role in the room, um, at least, you know, maybe that would help some of that. Again, I've been pretty lucky, but one um, firm I was working at in Chicago, it was kind of a, I'm going to say reverse discrimination. Um, the firm was all men. I was deaf. I was the only woman. There was an administrative assistant up front. It was a hundred and some people, all older men, actually. Um, and I was right out of college. This is my first, second job out of college. And working in Chicago downtown, super excited about all that. And no one would talk to me. So what I found was it was almost reversed. They were so scared. They were very old school mentality. They, you know, they had their jokes and all that <laughs> stuff. Everyone's so scared to do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing that they just didn't talk to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, they talked to me because I had to because of projects, but there was no, no one like took me out of their wing. There wasn't a lot of training. I didn't get invited to social stuff because they were all nervous that they do like, you know, the man thing. And I, it would be bad. So it was almost like the reverse, like they were being too careful. So that was, that was my one experience. I'm, I'm very lucky that I haven't had crazy, uh, terrible experiences because I don't know people that do, but I can also say over the years that there's been, um, I've known that there's been advancement opportunities that tend to go that direction, um, towards the male dominated folks, you know, in, in management roles and that kind of thing. But again, there are bigger numbers too. So I'm not really saying that it's it, it does exist, but I think just being clear and being confident, but having some humility in the room. I think sometimes women come over overconfident because they're trying to overcompensate for that potential that could exist. And it comes across kind of more negative, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That's what I um, am trying to navigate. I feel like, you know, you want to be respected and liked by people, but uh, you don't want to walk into a room and think you know everything because you don't. And uh, that's why, you know, even as a young person, a lot of people would say, you don't have enough experience for this. Or as a woman, like you don't have enough grit, you can't take it. And so I think sometimes that fear in people creates a almost bitterness and just like, I'm going to prove them wrong and prove that I can do this, which in turn can, you know, be good, a good thing sometimes, but yeah, sometimes it can come off in the wrong way. So that's, uh, that's a hard thing to navigate, but definitely important to think about. And I think if you do stay humble, it will take it a long way because, uh, that is honestly just what people like in someone and, but true humility and not, you know, fake, exactly fake humility. So yeah, being authentic is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and just admitting, here's what I'm doing. I'm looking forward to learning from you. Just, um, I, I guess, you know, it's funny in the office, I'm kind of known as someone who um, we have a lot of, we, we can have a lot of clients that are, let's just say older gentlemen, <laughs> like a landowner, or it could be a farmer. It could be um, a guy that's been in the business forever and he's just bitter. I like, usually they throw me in the room because 
I just, I've found a way to kind of try to take the edge off of the room. Like, how are you? How are your family? Be authentic, be genuine and friendly, and but make your role clear. Like, don't be, don't be overly confident, but just be honest yeah. and, and just make it clear yeah. what your role is. And, and, and like you said, ask people about their family, be authentic to them, but also say, I'm, I'm looking forward to learning from you. You know, I was, I have an example. I was recently in a lunch meeting with um, a client and a new um, staff member of theirs who's a younger woman. And I had never met her before. And our conversation was somewhat dominated by her, um, I don't know, trying to prove yourself might have been, might be a little harsh, but very, I know him, I know him, I know him, I know him. And I I just, it was, it was kind of off-putting because, okay, Great. You know, I, I understand. I'm glad. But she wasn't asking questions or showing that she wanted to learn from the same people. She was trying to prove she knew the same people I did. And that's great. But um, I wasn't asking you to, you know, that's cool. Yeah, I just yeah. I come in the room with the assumption that everybody has a knowledge base. And um, I think for me, my toughest bias is age. Um, I'm just finding that so many 20-somethings like yourself are so smart and know so much. And on the engineering side, that's that's new. I mean, it's a lot of older, I'll just say, you know, how many gray hairs do you have? That means you know more. It doesn't. You know, when we're interviewing for projects and a contractor brings five guys that are going to manage this huge construction project that, that are in their 20s and early 30s, I'm just thinking, seriously, that's so much responsibility. And they are sharp and on it and they know their stuff and the project gets done. I'm just learning myself because I think maybe age bias was what I've experienced more than gender. Yeah. that And so if someone were to graduate college, not really having a background of engineering, civil engineering, anything with development like myself, um, how would you recommend they jump into whether it's a class or um you know, podcasts or books or things that you have done to kind of further your knowledge? Um, is there anything that you would recommend just to young people looking to get into civil engineering or if that's something that they're interested in uh, right off the bat, just jumping into? Yeah, I think um, what what you're doing is great is like working with wherever your first job is, definitely working with the people that are, find a mentor, You find someone you connect with it doesn't have to be – it can be outside your individual company if that works for you. It can be inside the company. And it doesn't have to be someone necessarily that's on the same path you think you want to take. I think what's important is finding finding one person that's been in the business for a while that can mentor you and help you navigate and maybe introduce you to people. And, I mean, networking is kind of just the answer. So exactly what you're doing right now with the podcast of meeting people – and what I've found is finding one or two contacts that you connect with in all aspects of your business. So for me, again, I'm just going to use broker because you're you're with Collier. So the broker relationship for me has taught me a lot. Just I don't understand the broker side. I don't know how the deal is put together. And having a couple friends, you know, mentors, friends, connections that may not be involved in my project, but that I can call and say, hey, I don't really get what's happening here. And I would say the same on the civil engineering side. I have a couple contractor friends, architects, um, a developer. I, I work with a younger um, woman in the development side. And she said, hey, can we just grab coffee? I need to understand civil engineering more. And it wasn't, we weren't working together on a project, 
We will someday, I think, I hope. Um, but, you know, it's just finding a couple people in all those aspects. It might be a contractor. Um, you know, a lot of things can happen when the construction, it goes to construction, a project. And I think having a maybe a just an ear that you can say, hey, the, the project contractor saying this, you know, does this make sense? What, how should I react? How should I respond? So I think networking is the answer. I love that. <laughs> I love the asking questions. I am very curious. And I think sometimes I take advantage of the fact that I'm young because I'm, you know, they can't say, well, you should already know that because, you know, I'm 23 and just mm-hmm. just trying to learn. So uh, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day. And it talked about flexing your curiosity muscle and just how every time you ask a question, even if it feels stupid or it feels like I should know this or people are going to think that I, you know, don't know what I'm talking about, you're flexing that muscle and it creates more curiosity. And then it also adds respect that people have for you because they know that you are there to learn and you're there to do a good job and you want to do a good job. So that's something I've been trying to do is just ask questions, even if it's you know, literally, what is civil engineering? What does this mean? What is this word? So that's what I'm trying to hopefully help others to do too. I think that's a great reminder at any stage, you know, you get, you get um, a little old and crotchety like I am and (laughs) you don't maybe ask the questions anymore. You think, not that I think I know it all because I totally don't, but you just, you don't, you get, um, I don't know, a little jaded Mm -hmm. and you forget to ask those questions. And I think that's a good reminder for everybody. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, so if someone left this conversation with one thing, what would you want them to take away? I feel like, you know, that we've, um, our theme here has been networking a little bit. Um, <laughs> that was, I feel like with Brant, we've talked, we got into that a lot too. Yeah. It just happens to be, you know, the most important thing. It, this, it is industry. very important for so many reasons because, you know, no matter what we all do, you know, I'm a civil engineer, I've done the technical stuff. It, once you work with civil engineers, you should be able to trust that they know the technical side of what they're doing. But it's getting to know people and working with people that you can trust and want to work with is important in so much. And I wish someone – it took me a long time to build a network, and I did not start that till way late in the game. Um, so I I think as far as career advice, that would be the main thing is start building your network just like you're doing right now um, early and collect those um, people, collect those data points and, you know, really get to know a couple people well that that could help you in, in your future. And like you said, you know, we, we met a, a couple of years ago and you never know when when that connection could mean something. And I have worked with Collier, so um, we've worked with them even for, from the client side of things, which is a really cool connection, too. And that was from an introduction. So much of what we do is um, referrals, introductions. It could be your next job opportunity. It could be a project opportunity. So career advice, <clears throat> I think. Networking, you can't start early enough. And and going to being proactive, not waiting for your boss to say, hey, do you want to go to this NAOP Developing Leaders event? Um, seeking that stuff out and asking your boss where you can go because a lot of times um, having a group for, and at least from my perspective, I get overwhelmed with thinking I want to support all the, what everyone wants to do. But when you've got five or ten people it's hard. You know, I send out, you know, oh, here's a here's an event or something. And if someone wants to go, sure, or take them with me or something. But I think being a little bit more proactive in the networking. So career side that civil engineering side, I would say, <clears throat> as a project team goes, 
one thing that I would love people to understand is getting a civil involved earlier is always better. And like I said, even from when a client, developer, owner, whoever it is, is looking for sites, we can be helpful from the very beginning and hopefully steer steer people away from something that's going to cost more time or money. And then also what I'm finding in our industry, and I think it's an important point for all that we do, it's so hard right now for everybody, you know. From the construction side, building costs are way up. So everything's costing so much more money with steel and lumber and everything going on in that world that everyone's trying to save money. You know, our market's crazy, which is good in what we do in many aspects. Um, And one thing that I'm seeing more than not in our – on the design side of the industry is that, you know, people are trying to – we, you know, we write a proposal. Everything's based on low fee lately. It feels like – it's a little bit less relationship decision-making than it used to be for me. And one thing, and I'm sure it's the same on the other design aspects too, but from a civils aspect, we can do that. We can give you a best scope and fee to get the building or to get the project permitted and built. Um, no civil engineer will do the same thing. You know, there's a different way to do everything and it can still be permitted and built. But if we have a little bit of flexibility in time and money to do some iterations and, you know, we talked about elevation and slope of a project. You know, a lot of times we get a project and the architect has already put the building here, the parking lot's here, and go, go. It's speed and and money, right? And I get that. That's how our, our how we operate. But if we could be involved early and let's just say we could move the building 20 feet or to the other side of the site and reorient and have a little bit of flexibility for us to do what we're best at. I mean, you know, our value add is going to be moving things around and saving the site money. We can save tenfold and maybe you know, earthwork costs or something like that. I just, I'd like to, you know, as an industry, I think um, people to consider that. I think the same things on the architecture side is just giving giving your design staff a little bit more time and flexibility to advise you. Um, it's hard. Again, I get it. Schedules, everything. It seems to be everything. So, you know, we get it and we have to build it tomorrow. Um, we talked right before this about efficiency, how we love that. But yeah. sometimes it's more efficient, you know, just to Take it one step at a time for future exactly. success. So. Exactly. And the earlier you can get us involved, I would say, the better in, in many aspects. Um, so, yeah, the, the partnership, creating a partnership and a relationship just like in networking is super important with your your whole design team. So I think getting them involved as a team early is, is a really good idea. Um, and I, I have to make a joke really quick. So uh, w- to be completely transparent, we had to redo the intro here because I, <laughs> I mispronounced the company name, which I asked beforehand. It's the Kleingers Group. How many different ways do people pronounce that? Yeah, um, Jim Kleingers would think that's funny. I think we've had um, Kleiningers, Klingers, Klengers, uh, you name it. Um, his it, it doesn't look like it's that hard to pronounce, but it is the Kleingers Group. So, um, yeah, Jim would think that's funny. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I mean, it's hard. I don't know. And, you know, the pressure. I'm like... <laughs> The Clangers, and then I was like, shoot, I said it wrong. I think that's um, better than Clangers. Yeah, yeah, that's true, <laughs> the Clangers. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, thanks for taking the time to come in and tell me about civil engineering. I feel like I could be a civil engineer now. Well, great. <laughs> I've done my kidding. job then. <laughs> but, um, confident, but not too confident. Yep. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so thank you so much. Sure, thanks for having me.